Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. I'm not even mad about it. I told Mary she's got a greater ministry than I ever will. Amen. Praise God. It is so awesome to see all of you today. All of you. Praise God. I'm so happy that you're here on this uh, beautiful wintry weekend. Can't make up its mind. It rains and snows and snows and rains. But remember, last year it was nothing but snow, right? We already had like three feet of snow last year, so I'm happy about this. I'm actually happy about the rain. And so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens in December and January, but uh, is anybody else ready for spring? <laughs> yeah, amen. Amen. Praise God. I am, I am ready for those three days of sunshine that we get. <laughs> Praise God. I... I, someone asked me, they said, uh, uh, when I told them I lived here in Juneau, they said, well, does it rain much there? And I said, no, just twice a year. Starts on January 1st and ends on June 30th, and it picks back up on July 1st, goes through December 31st, and they didn't understand that. So people don't have a, the understanding of living here. Let's go into the Word of God this morning. We're talking about, I'm going to resume my series on the four-letter words of the Bible. And today, we're going to talk about the word read. How many enjoy reading? You enjoy reading? I will tell you that I am not with you. I, 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 have a, I, I struggle reading. Uh, I, I read too quickly and I miss things that are being said. If I'm reading a book, uh, it, I have a hard time comprehending what the author wants to say. So there are people out there like me that don't enjoy reading, and then there are the weird people like you who enjoy reading. But, uh, but we're going to talk about reading today. Let's start off with a word of prayer if we can. Father, I'm just so grateful to you this morning about what you're going to do today, God. I'm excited, God, because I feel a change in the season, God, that is coming spiritually, God. You're going to change the atmosphere, and you're going to bring healing to this town, and healing to this nation, and healing to this state, God. You're going to bring healing between peoples, God, who have long harbored hurt and division and anger, God. You're going to touch us, Father, that we're going to be able to see, we're going to be able to see the move in the hand of God today, God. Let it be done in your name. Amen. So I want to read some scripture to you. We're going to start out with the first two verses of this chapter. Many of you have heard this before. It's in Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. Why don't you read this with me? It'll be up here on the screen. If you have your Bibles, it's actually better to follow along with me. Now, of course, there's always the inevitable. You may not have the same version I do, and that's okay. Sometimes reading it in a different version gives you a different perspective. People sometimes ask me, what is the best version to use? And I say a version that's comfortable for you to read it. That's what I say. You need to be able to understand it. Not everybody can understand King James. 
So don't read it. Read something different. Read the New King James. Read the New American Standard. Uh, and there's definitely Bibles out there that help with that. So this verse starts out. Notice that first word. Blessed, right? You guys understand what it means to be blessed? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he, in his law he meditates day and night. Amen? Amen. Now, I want to talk about an unfortunate trend that I see happening in the church over the past 25 to 30 years. And it's probably happened before this, but I'm seeing it happening more and more. I see people getting up in the pulpit, expounding on the Word of God, but they're not really talking about the Word of God. They're giving their opinion. They're giving their opinion. They're saying, not this is what I think it means. They're saying, this is what it means. And they're talking about things that they truly don't understand or they don't have a concept of. Now, what happens is, is that people are receiving that message as if it's gospel. As if that was the word of God himself. And so what happens is there's this disconnect of what the Word of God actually says versus what somebody says it says, so to speak, and that's what we believe. We don't go back to the Word of God to verify what's been said. We just believe what someone spoke about because maybe they have a large church, and if they have a large church, then surely they must know what they're talking about. How many understand that's not necessarily the case, right? Just because they have a large church doesn't mean that they're right in the Word of God. Amen? Just because they get into the pulpit doesn't mean that they're right in the Word of God. People talk, a lot of times, even in the pulpit, people speak about things that they've heard in the pulpit themselves. And we have this, I'm going to use this word here, we have this embedded theology of my pastor's pastor said this, so it must be true. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's not true. Just because some pastor spoke it, just because some leader spoke it, just because somebody spoke it that you think is spiritual, and see, that kind of bothers me too, because I, I've heard people talk about people, and, and, and I know this person, they've demonstrated a life that is not worthy of walking in the Lord, and they've looked at me and said, but they are so spiritual. I'm like, spiritual what? <laughs> You know, you got to walk right in the Lord, amen? If you're going to speak the Word of God, then you got to live the Word of God, amen? If you're going to talk about the Word of God. Now, that doesn't mean that everything I say is going to be right. I, I have made errors sometimes. And you know, I've had to go back and say, hey, I didn't mean to say that. I should have said this. Because learning the Word of God, He changes you and he, he molds you. And if you go into your Christian walk and say, this is the way I believe and I will always believe that, there's an error with that because sometimes God changes you. Sometimes God modifies you. Sometimes God nudges you and say, that's not quite right. Amen? Sometimes God says, listen to my word. Amen? 
And when you read the Word of God, He opens it up to you, and He becomes your teacher. The Holy Spirit becomes your teacher. The Holy Spirit can teach you the Word of God far better than I can, amen? Far better than I can, because the Holy Spirit knows what you need before you even utter it. Did you know that? Holy Spirit already knows what you're going through. And it's amazing when you open up the Word of God and you begin to read it, and He begins to show you, this is me talking to you. See, in, in Pentecostalism, a lot of people use, would come up to you and say, I have a word for you. I have a word for you. Listen, I got a word for you. It's right here. It's called the Word of God, okay? That's, I got a word for you right now. Quit. And I, you know, I go to churches. I go to churches and people say, I want to prophesy over you. You don't need to prophesy over me because God's not speaking to you. That's pizza from last night, okay? Now, I'm not saying that God can't speak to people, but if there's always a word, if there's always something, you begin to wonder, is that God or is that them exalting themselves? Is that them exalting themselves, trying to show that they're spiritual? I come to believe one thing. If I read it in this book, I know that it's true. Amen? I know that God speaks. This is His Word. is a living, breathing document, a living, breathing book that it was written specifically to show us His way. Amen? But for some reason, we've gotten away from the Word of God. We've gotten away from the Word of God. We've gotten away from reading it. We've gotten away from, from letting it be a part of lives. We've gotten away from memorizing it. I remember when I was growing up, we had uh, a contest to see who could find Bible verses the, the fastest. And I remember one time, they said, open up your Bible and see who can find it fastest. Hezekiah 1.4. So we're all just running around trying to find Hezekiah. We're looking at each other. Where's Hezekiah? Well, it's not a book in the Bible. They were messing with us. But how many of us, if I were to tell you this morning, I want you to look up your Bible at Hezekiah, we would immediately go in. I don't know where that's at, but I know it's in there because pastor said, amen, because we don't have a knowledge of the word of God, do we? And that's what I want to preach to you this morning. We've got, I'm calling the church to get back into the Word. Amen. Get back into the Word. Let the Word of God speak to you. Don't, don't depend on your pastor to speak to you. Amen. Because, and I want to say that from my heart. It's not, it's not that I don't love you. But there's going to come a time I'm going to let you down. You know that? There's going to come a time that I can't be there for you the way you want me to be there for you. But I tell you, what can be there for you 24-7 is the Word of God. Amen? That's what can be there for you. Amen? Praise God. It's amazing because we listen to people and there's things that we think are in the Word of God, but it's not in the Word of God. You ever heard this, spare the rod, spoil the child? We think that's in the Bible, don't we? Can I tell you it's not? There's so many things that we've heard are in the Bible, little sayings. We think it's in the Bible. It, now, it does take from the Bible, Proverbs 13, 24. It says, he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him properly. But we take sayings, we think, well, that must be in the Word of God. Let me tell you, all throughout history, the Word of God has been used to try to purpose an agenda, and that is not the Word of God. Amen? It's been trying to justify homicide. It's been used to justify 
justify genocide. It was used to justify slavery. That is not the Word of God. Amen? The Word of God is true. It is loving. It is compassionate. And unless we as a people get into the Word of God, we will be deceived. We will be led astray. Because if we go to God and we say, well, you said this, God says, I never said that. I never said that. You ever had somebody say something to you that, about you that somebody said you said this and you know you didn't say it? Happens to me all the time. And so my, what I tell people, I says, you know, I'm getting old and I have a bad memory, but I don't remember saying that. But people like to twist words, don't we? Now, don't you know, brothers and sisters, the devil likes to twist words? The devil likes to twist words. He likes to tell you things that are in Scripture that are not in Scripture. But the only way that you're going to know is to get into the Word, that you need to read it. Amen? You need to get it. You need to understand this is God speaking to you. And, you know, even with preaching, sometimes it's hard to believe the things that we say. That's why you go to the Word of God and you say, is He speaking the truth? Is He saying what He's supposed to say? See, there's a responsibility between us is that you hold me accountable for what I say. Did you know that? There's an accountability there. There's accountability there. You, you can question me. It's okay. I don't mind. I really don't. Because my desire is that you get into the Word of God and you say, Pastor, what about this? Pastor, what about that? I love those questions, man. I love talking theology. Will and I will sit down at lunch sometimes or we'll talk theology the whole time and, and, and it's great we look up and that time we have is gone because we just enjoy talking about the deepness of God. The deepness of God and that's why we have to get into the Word of God. Amen? I want to tell you this morning that the words of a pastor or a teacher cannot become greater than the Word of God. It cannot become greater than the Word of God. The moment that a pastor sets himself up as the authority, it is no longer about the Word of God. It is an idol. It's a hard word to use in church, isn't it? It's an idol. Brothers and sisters, can I tell you, the church today needs to get rid of some idols. We need to get rid of some idols. We need to get rid of things that are held in higher honor than the Word of God. We need to get rid of things that are held in higher honor than God Himself. We need to get rid of things that don't lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. I'm telling you today, I wonder if Jesus came back to the church today, would He ever recognize it? We say, hey Jesus, I feel him in the room, and I don't doubt that we don't feel him in the room, but I wonder if he sometimes thinks, what has happened? What has happened in my church? Brothers and sisters, we got to go back to the New Testament time. We got to go back to the early church and emulate that, where we have a heart for God, and we gather around, and we study his word, and we listen to the word of God, and we have prayer meetings. Yes, I said prayer meetings, amen, and we bring the house down with worship, and we speak out in tongues, and we talk against the principalities of this world, and we bring people to Jesus, amen? That's what we need to do is bring people to Jesus. We're living in a world that is hurting, hurting, hurting. See, I don't know about you, but I've seen so many people hurting, especially around the holidays, you know? The holidays bring up a bad time for people because they're lonely or they're upset. Can I tell you, you don't have to be lonely or upset with Jesus. 
He is here for you. If you need some place to go on Thanksgiving, you let me know. We'll find some place for you to go. Amen. I want to tell you that right. I don't want you to be alone on Thanksgiving. I don't want you to be alone at Christmas time. I don't want you to be alone in general. Amen. Because this is a church that should love one another. This is the church that honor one another. Amen. I know that Thanksgiving will like to go. Well, I'd just like to have dinner with my family, but how much would it hurt us to bring one more person in? How much would it hurt us just to bring one more person in and say, I don't want you to be by yourself? Now, that doesn't mean you need to feed them in the sense that pay for it. They can bring something, I'm sure. But the point I'm trying to make is if we're going to be a church, then we got to be willing to reach people at all times. Amen. we got to be willing to minister to people at all times. we got to be willing to take people by the hand and listen, say, I don't know what you're going through. I don't understand it, but I'm going to take you by the hand and we're going to walk this road together. Amen. We're going to walk this road together. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. But too often in church, We've taken on this mantra where we come in and say, okay, pastor, preach to me. I'm going to tell you something about this right now. It's not about me preaching to you. It's about us acting out the word of God. Amen. Acting out the word of God. We need to stop being a church, and I talk about the church in general, the focus on what's in it for me. We need to say, not what we can receive from the Lord, but what can I give to the Lord? What can I do for the Lord? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. See, the problem with basing your theology on what someone else says is there's a danger of being led astray. There's a danger of being deceived. There's a danger of falling into a trap. Here lately, there's a trend, even more, even worse. People are giving 30-second theology on Facebook. But see, here's where I have a problem with that. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out here. I'm going to say this is my opinion, okay? Because I know that there's some instances where that's reaching people. But the problem is it becomes too superficial. It becomes too superficial. We've got to get into the Word of God. It's got to become much more than a 30-second infomercial about God. It's got to become more than a 30-second feel-good about God. Listen, Christianity is more than feeling good. Sometimes it's in the altar crying your eyes out, amen? Sometimes it's lifting your hands in the air, worshiping God. Sometimes it's dancing because of what he's done to you. Sometimes it's weeping. Sometimes it's consoling a friend, but you're not going to get that in a 30-second post on Facebook. That's why we come together, amen? We don't need to base our theology on something on social media. We need to base our theology on what we're reading on the Word of God, amen? We need to base our theology on what we're hearing for the Word of God. I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with what is being done, but there's a danger. There's a danger. That's what I'm talking about. We've got to be really careful how much we get into that. I even see the problem with worship songs. Now hear me out. I know I'm going to talk about some things today, but I'm not really saying anything new, right? This is stuff we've talked about. I know people that... All they do is listen to worship music. And you think, oh man, worship music, that's great, right? The problem is a lot of worship music isn't theologically sound. There's a song out right now, is 
That how talking about how God has given me a sound mind and a sound mind, and this is my inheritance. The problem is that's not theologically correct. The way they're talking about it. They're not reading the Bible properly. They're using words that sound good. And if you ever notice, music in the, in the, in the worship music is always super positive. It is super uplifting. Have you read Psalms? Psalms is sometimes down. Psalms is sometimes crying out in anguish and pain. Where is an imbalance there in worship music? If we're not careful, we'll get imbalanced ourselves because God needs to speak to us through His Word. There's nothing wrong with worship music, but we've got to understand it has its place. Amen? It has its place. We've got to get back to the Word of God. Amen? We've got to get back to reading His Word. We've got to understand the, the trials of what David went through. We've got to understand the rejection of, of Saul. We've got to understand why God rejected Solomon. We've got to understand what Jesus did on the cross. And the way we get that is we come and we get discipled on Wednesday night. We get discipled in Sunday school. We get discipled on Sunday morning. We come to prayer on Sunday night and we listen listen to the Word of God. Amen. We listen to the Word of God. See, he talks about the ungodly. He talks about the ungodly. Let's go to verse, verse 3. I want you to read this with me. That's not the verse that I was looking for. Verse 4. Thank you. He says, the ungodly are not so but are like the chaff, which are driven by the wind. See the ungodly here, when he talks about that. The ungodly are people that are morally wrong. That's what that word means, morally wrong. Can I tell you, just because someone gets up in the pulpit and they say that they're a pastor does not prevent them from being morally wrong? Morally wrong doesn't mean that they're this egregious sinner. But if they're saying something that is not in the word of God or they're making it their own opinion, it becomes morally wrong. That's why we have to watch who we listen to. That's why we have to watch what we do, brothers and sisters. I want you to understand that it takes discernment to listen to the Word of God. It takes discernment to hear the Word of God and measure it up to what people are saying. It takes, the word, it takes discernment to realize that when somebody's speaking outside of what the Word has, and the only way you're going to have that is if, in fact, you read for the Word of God. I want to talk to you real quick about Psalms 1, the chapter we're reading now. This psalm, when it was compiled, there's no doubt the reason it was put as the first chapter because it sets the tone for the rest of the series and the 150 psalms, it sets the tone for it. It starts off with a blessing but not for not listening to the counsel of the wicked, but to delight in the word of the Lord. Let's go back into verse 2. I want to read that. Thank you for working with me. Say that word with me, but his delight, his delight, his delight, right? Say that with me. Delight. Okay. Don't, don't frown when you say it. Delight. <laughs> All right? Don't worry. I'm going to be done by 3 o'clock. Now you laugh. Smile. You ever, been, you ever been happy about something? I uh, had a chance to go see Ezra right after little Zeke was born. And uh, I walked in the room, and I'm going to imitate Ezra for you. He's back there, and he knows what I'm going to do. 
But this was Ezra when I walked in the room. Chest out. Smile. Say, how you feeling? Got a boy. I did that. <laughs> I said, Cheyenne had nothing to do with it. Nope, it's about me. Yep. I said, are you happy with that boy? Oh, yeah. And I asked him, I think it was this morning, I said, how do you still feel about being a dad? A big old grin came across his face. And as you guys know, Ezra, Ezra doesn't smile a lot, right? But when I asked him about this, and I know I'm picking on you, Ezra, you can get me later, okay? There's two times I've seen Ezra smile. One, we were talking about food. <laughs> and the second time, when I asked him about his son, I said, how's little Zeke doing? He smiled, and he goes, oh, he's great. He's great. Any problems? Oh, yes. <laughs> he doesn't know when to go to sleep at night, but I don't worry about that because that's her job. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> he, he said, I'm going to get him in trouble, and I don't mean to. And little Zeke is agreeing with me, amen? But what I'm trying to say is there was a delight in his son. Brothers and sisters, when the Bible talks about having a delight in the Word of God, we don't read the Word of God out of obedience. We don't read the God. I mean, there is part of obedience, but we don't do it as a chore, amen? There is a delight. There is a joy that comes with reading the Word of God, amen? Amen. We read the Word of God. It lifts up our heart, amen? There is a joy. Man, I tell you what, Pentecostals need to have some joy again, don't we? We need to have some joy. I know life's treating you hard, and I know you got trouble. Anybody not got troubles this morning? You know, I know all of us have got something, amen? I want to tell you this morning, I've got 99 problems, but the Word of God is not one of them, amen? I may walk through the valley of shadow of death, but His Word and His staff come for me, amen? I may go through trouble. I may go through trouble. I may go downcast. David says, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your faith in God. Amen? When I read that, when I'm down, when I'm upset, when somebody's done something to me, and I get down, the Lord reminds me. He says, Keith, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your faith in God. Amen? When we read the Word of God, we don't have to call a pastor to tell him to lift us up. Maybe sometimes the pastor is down. He's having a hard time, too. We can just read the Word of God, and the Word of God lifts us up, amen? The Word of God lifts you up. The Word of God loves on you. See, the word delight means a little bit more than joy. It means passion. Passion. You guys know what passion is, right? Man, you made the wrong political statement on Facebook. I can show you passion. You, uh, you cheer for the wrong team. I can show you passion. Right? We all have passion. We just express it in different ways, don't we? Our passion has to become the Word of God. Amen. And, and in reading... Reading little scriptures every now and then is not reading the Word of God. That's just, all I can say, that's less like drinking a little teaspoon of water in a dry and thirsty desert. The Word of God is meant to quench our thirst. 
The Word of God is meant to fill us up, to feed us. In Ezekiel, he ate the scroll. John the Revelator, he ate the scroll. It was the Word of God. It is meant to fill us up, praise God. It is meant to satisfy you. If you're wondering why in your Christian life you are not satisfied, I urge you, read the Word of God. Amen. Read the Word of God. Now don't start in Leviticus, unless you want to go to sleep. Don't start in Isaiah. Don't start in Jeremiah. Jeremiah is depressing. Start in the Gospels. Start somewhere. Amen? We need to have a passion for the Word of God. It should, and listen, we all get there. I get there sometimes. It should not be, oh man, I, 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 I need to read the Word. I need to, I, need, I need to read Scripture. No, no. It should be, wow, I get to hear God speak to me. I get to hear God say something to me. Now, the thought there, the thought there is that, well, Pastor, I don't feel anything when I read the Word of God. Well, I can go ahead and tell you you're not going to feel anything all the time because sometimes we have to do things on faith. See, when I see my kids do the work that I've assigned them, it's then that I bless them. How many know that when you try to bless your kids before they do the work, they don't do the work, Right? I tried to get my parents to give me money before I mowed the lawn when I was a kid. Never happened. Never happened. They were smart. I did that to my kids, and they never did it. I don't know what happened. God wants to see us do the work. Amen? He wants to see us put in the time, and when you read the Word of God, not every scripture is going to make sense, but there is a blessing in reading the Word of God. And then he says this, and then, he, then you meditate on it every, on day and night. Now, I want to I talk about this for a second, but this is something that I just learned, and I thought it was incredible. So I'm going to share it with you. Is that okay? See, the word meditate there, we, we think of it in Western terms. We think of meditate, we just think that we sit here and, and we just kind of think about it, right? Isn't that what you think? Meditate? I'm going to think about it. But see, that's actually not true. In biblical times, when they say meditate on it, because see, back then there was only one scroll that was in the temple and no one really had access to it. So when they talk about meditate on it, what it actually would mean is that the person would take that piece of scripture, they would memorize it, and then they would begin to speak it over and over, and they would verbalize that scripture, and they would say, and they would actually vocalize. This is what it means to meditate. They would vocalize, but his delight his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates. Go back to verse 1. I want to read that. See, I don't have this stuff memorized like I should. Verse 1. Blessed is the man. And even then we just begin to say that over and over. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor seats in the seat of the scornful. Then they would say it over again. Blessed, and they would even make a little song out of it. Blessed is the man that walks not in the... They would do whatever they can. They would verbalize it. Brothers and sisters, we've gotten too quiet. Come on now. We've gotten too quiet. We need to speak the Word of God in our lives. Amen? I've been, 
I've been walking around Mendenhall River Community School. I've been praying over that school. And as I'm walking around, I feel the enemy coming on me heavy. And you know what I begin to say when I feel the enemy? I don't try to rebuke them and all that because I don't have to worry about that. I just begin to speak the word of God. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor seats in the sinners. Well, you know what he says. I begin to speak the word of God, and I begin to proclaim the word of God. And you know what happens to the enemy? Go, whoa, we don't need to talk to him. We're going to leave him alone. That's right. That's right. You leave me alone because I will say the word of God to you. Not my word, but I will speak the word of God to you. Amen. I will speak the word of God. Amen. And that's what we need to When we go through Fred Myers, we need to speak the word of God. Amen. When you go into the movie theater, you need, listen, too many times we try to separate our Christian lives and our social lives. That needs to stop. You're a Christian all the time or you're a Christian none of the time, okay? You're, you're not one or the other. You're not, this is not shared custody. This is not shared custody. You're the believer all the time or none of the time, amen? You need to walk throughout the day. Everywhere you walk up, reclaim this place in the name of Jesus. I reclaim. You need to pray over your kids. See, some of you maybe notice me when I put my hand on kids' heads. I'm not doing that as a condescending way. You know what I'm doing? I'm praying blessing over that child. Did you know that I was doing that? I pray blessing over there. When I come up to you and I put my arm on your shoulder, you don't realize what I'm doing, but I'm pronouncing blessing over your life. Brothers and sisters, we need to proclaim the word of God, but you can't do that if you don't know the word of God. Amen? You can't do that if you don't know the word of God. Amen? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Brothers and sisters, we need to speak the word of God. We need to sing the word of God. We need to yell the word of God. Amen? See, when you pray, prayer is a two-way street. You know that, right? So when I pray, I bring out my Bible and I say, okay, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And can I tell you a little secret? He talks to me sometimes. Can I tell you, he sometimes tells me things that I don't want to hear. But it's the word of God, and I need to hear it. Amen? We need to meditate. We need to meditate on the word of God. We need to have an audible, vocal utterance of the word of God. In verse 3, he talks about the blessing. See, whenever God wants you to do something... There's a blessing to it. There's a blessing. This is what he says. He says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not, oh, praise God, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Are you feeling a little down today? Are feeling like life is not going your way? Are you feeling like things aren't lining up the way they should? Maybe because we haven't tapped into that blessing of reading the Word of God. What? I'm going to ask you a direct question. Are you ready? Don't answer me. <laughs> I just want to tell you, don't answer me. When's the last time you read the Word of God and don't count this morning? When's the last time? When is the last time that you sat down and you opened up your iPad, you opened up your phone, you opened up your Bible, 
Listen, some pastors get upset about these things. You don't need to have an iPad. You need to have the physical Word of God. Listen, I don't care what you use. I really don't. I just want you to read the Word of God. When is the last time that you open it up and say, okay, Lord, speak to me? Or maybe what we've said is, man, I wish the church would do this or would complain about this or would complain about that. Listen, none of that's going to help. We need to read the Word of God. We need to read the Word of God. We need to get back to what we're supposed to do. You know what they did in the New Testament? They didn't have the New Testament in the early church. You know what they did is they read the Old Testament. They read the Old Testament. That's the only text that they had and some occasional letters that came in that ultimately became the New Testament. Brothers and sisters, we've got to have that passion for the Word of God. Amen? And I want you to know what happens when you read the Word of God. It brings forth fruit in its season. So I want to explain this for a second. When you start reading the Word of God, things are not just going to happen right away. For what you're doing, you just planted a seed. You've planted a seed, brothers and sisters. And that seed is going to come forth into something. It's going to come forth into a blessing, okay? It's whatever. Now, how many have been waiting on God to answer a prayer? You've been waiting on that prayer. Well, guess what? The fruit of that prayer comes when we're obedient to the Word of God. Amen? It comes. Amen? I want you to know, I want you to hear me this morning. It's not about how much money you give. It's about giving time to the Lord. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you something. When you give time to the Lord, money doesn't become an issue anymore because you see how good He is. When, when, when you give your time to the Lord, you're no longer angry and bitter about things. There's forgiveness in your heart. I, I've, I've, I've heard people talk about the anger they have at other people, and I keep thinking, but you're not reading the Word of God. Because if you read the Word of God, you would understand that, that, that God forgives us. Amen? God forgives us. Amen. That is the awesomeness of who he is. And then he says, your leaves shall not wither. Amen. See, that's pretty cool to me because if you've noticed, the leaves are gone. Because it's wintertime, right? It signifies a time of cold. Brothers and sisters, when you read the word of God, that which should be gone in your life will not go away. Amen? God says you're going to be blessed in a time when other people are not being blessed. Amen? Now let me put this into perspective on you. If you listen to the news every night, the first thing they say, inflation is at all a high time high. This is high. This is out of control. People can't afford anything. But God says, I'm going to show them what it means. I'm going to bless you. You're going to be able to pay your bills. You're going to be able to give money to the church. You're going to be able to take care of yourself. Your leaf shall not wither. Amen? That's the blessing of reading the Word of God, is that when other people are struggling, you're going along like everything's okay, amen? You're like, wow, what's going on? God says, I told you I'd bless you. You see, it requires obedience, doesn't it? Your leaf will not wither. In other words, that which should have died will not die. Now, see, I don't know about you, but that's a little cause for praise right there. That's a cause for praise. And then he says, whatever he or she does will prosper. How many have made a mistake before and somehow it turned out to be a blessing? 
right? Like you just royally messed up. You botched it. And then all of a sudden it turns out to be good, right? That's what God does. Everything you touch prospers. Everything you do is God-blessed. God-blessed, amen. You see, I want to go back to verse 4. The ungodly, the ungodly, they don't receive that blessing. See, the Bible says that they're like chaff. And what chaff is, is whenever, whenever they would, they would uh, harvest wheat, there was this kernel in the wheat called chaff. It was actually poisonous. So they would take their, their pitchfork or whatever tool that they use, and they would throw the wheat up in the air. Anybody else feel like they've been thrown up in the air here lately? They've been thrown up in the air, and the wind would come, and it will blow away the evil. Brothers and sisters, remember what I've been talking about on Wednesday night, about the wind being the breath of God? Remember what I was talking about, how the wind represents the spirit and the power of God, amen? I want to tell you, you may feel like you're being tossed about and thrown up in the air, but the wind of God is coming through your life and blowing that evil out of your life, amen? He's blowing that evil out of your life. The ungodly, they are like that chaff. They're being blown away. They're being blown to and from. One day, if you listen in the news, one day you, they believe this, and the next day they believe that. Nobody knows what they believe. Brothers and sisters, the church has to be sure of what we believe. Amen? Yeah. But see, we can't believe something because pastor said so. You know what that's what my fear is? Is that one of you said, well, my pastor said this. I don't, I don't want you to do that. Because I could be wrong. I could be. I try not to be. I, I pray very hard, and I do a lot of research on my sermons, and I'm going to school to try to, try to try to learn more. But what I pray is that when someone comes to you and questions you or, or, or criticizes you, you can stand upon not pastor, but you can stand upon the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand upon the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Praise God. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, the only thing that we can stand on is the Word of God. The Word of God will last forever. The Word of God is eternal, amen? And more importantly... More importantly, God's word will not return to him void. Did you know that? When you speak the word of God over people, when you speak the word, it's okay to use the word of God in your prayer. If someone has told you that not to do that because he already knows it, don't listen to that. That's God's word. Tell it back to him, amen? Pray the word of God. Just pray. Speak the word of God. Let it get into your heart, amen? Let the word of God speak to you. How you stand in these last days will not be based on some internet preacher. It's not going to be based on me. It's not going to be based on some podcast. It's going to be based on your knowledge of the Word of God. Your knowledge of the Word of God. And let me tell you, don't just quote some scripture because you heard somebody say it. 
Go find that scripture yourself. Because I can assure you, sometimes people get it wrong. Or maybe we hear it wrong. Maybe we hear it wrong. But the bottom line today is, blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. Smile with me when I say that. His, let me see your pretty teeth. Amen, come on. His delight. If you don't have some delight, I will tell you a dad joke. Okay, here it goes. I shared a dad joke the other day, and uh, it didn't go over well. And, and uh, I, I thought my days of dad joke tellings were over. And then someone finally got it, and I felt affirmed. So I'm going to continue selling, telling dad jokes. Amen? And uh, now that Ezra is taking on more of a dad role, he's telling dad jokes. So I have passed my legacy on, young man. Praise God. Young Padawan. <laughs> we need to love the Word of God. Amen? We need to set the tone for worship. See, when you read the Word of God, you read how in the Bible, how they dance before the Lord. You know what I don't see in churches anymore? I don't see dancing. Oh, pastor, we're not supposed to dance. According to the Word of God, we are. Amen. I'm just reading the Word of God. Amen? We have to follow what it says. We have to read it. Amen. It has to become a part of us. Amen? I want you to stand with me, please. As they put on some music, stand with me. All across this place, stand with me. I want you to know that your pastor loves you more than I could ever express. Your pastor's wife loves you more than we could express. You have no knowledge of how much time we spend talking about you. And these things that I say is not to get you to call me. Don't misunderstand me. But how much more blessing can we be when we reach out to, to someone who needs help? How much more a blessing can we do? Amen? I want you to stand in the day of judgment. Because life's not going to get any easier. I want everybody to bow their heads right now for me. I have to ask this question because it's on my heart. Please bow your heads. Please close your eyes. It's on my heart this morning and I can't let it go. Is there anybody here this morning that you have not given your heart to Jesus? I'm not talking about sometime this year. But you have not submitted to him and say, I want to serve you, Lord. I want to tell you, this is the day to do it. I got a little Bible for you to give you, if you'd like it. I simply want to ask the question right now. Is there anybody? And this is what I want you to do. If you say, Pastor, I haven't given my life. Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching but me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I just want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody this morning? I just want to ask this question. I'm going to give you a couple seconds. If there's nobody, we're going to end service. But I have to ask this because it's heavy on my heart. 
In the name of Jesus, I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. If you have a need in your life, if you have a need in your life, something that you're praying about, I want you to raise your hand right now. Nobody's going to see you. It's me. All right? I see several hands going up across the sanctuary. All right? Amen. Praise God. Now, I got a word for you. Talks about in James, when a righteous man or a woman prays effectively, that God's going to answer that prayer. Talks about it in James 5. So I'm going to pray over you this morning. All of you who raised your hand, nobody needs to know what it is. There's a time for expressing what that is, and there's a time not to. And right now, God, is, God sees it. So I'm going to pray for you as Will comes up after our prayer. We're going to close the service. I want you to remember tonight prayer meeting. I want you to remember Friday night, movie night, and on Saturday, we're having missions. At 1 o'clock, we're going to meet here. We're going to walk out around the neighborhood, and we're going to minister to the neighborhood. We're going to pray for people. I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see the needs that are out there, God. You see the hurt. You see the anguish. You see the, the things that they're going through, God. So, Father, right now in your name, God, right now in your name, God, I am asking you, Jesus, to minister to those who raise their hands and let them know that not only are you God, but you're the God of answered prayer. And God, give us a passion for reading the Word of God. Give us a passion for your Word. When we want to look on Facebook, we say, no, I want to read the Word of God instead. But I want to watch a show. No, I want to read the Word of God instead. I don't need to have that junk in my life. I need the Word of God in my life. Let it be done right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, to that one that I felt who needs to give their heart to God, Lord, I pray for them that you will draw them, God. Draw them, Lord. I can't do it, God, but you can. And God, lastly, lastly, God, I pray for healing. Lord, you know the healing that I'm talking about, God. I don't want to talk about it right now, but God, you know the healing. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.